Welcome to Active Activism, part of the FemOn Collective. On this show, my guests share the causes important to them, how they became involved, and why we should be active in our activism. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Active Activism. Today's guest is best known as executive producer of Friends, Veronica's Closet, and Grace and Frankie. She's also responsible for one of my hidden jewels, a show called Jesse, and she heads a production company called OK Goodnight. When I interviewed her for the And I Thought Ladies, I learned that Marta Kaufman is much more than a creative. She is an inspirational activist. Welcome, Marta. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Hi. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I'm I'm Marta. <laughs> well, you are mainly known for your popular television programs, but I invited you here to discuss your advocacy. You've been involved with numerous charities and causes such as Greenpeace and Big Sunday, not to mention your political work. And something I just learned today, last year you pledged $4 million to establish a professorship in your alma mater's African and African-American studies department. Before we dive into those specifically, will you kind of walk us through your activist journey? You know, I think it started um, when I was quite young. And I have to say, I grew up in a Jewish home and I went to a Jewish camp that basically taught activism and used um, Jewish studies as a jumping off point for how to treat people with tolerance and love and how to fight for people's rights and and that, you know, no one is free until we all are. And all these things that I learned from there, much to my parents' chagrin. <laughs> um, and, but but I have to say next to that, My parents were part of a group called the Friendly Ten. It was 10 couples who understood that they could do more as 10 couples than they could do as individual couples. So they got together, they had what they called dues. Everybody paid a certain amount of money for the year. And each couple every year would have an opportunity to decide what charity that money went to. And it was an incredible, it was incredible. It was incredible. And they only had a couple of rules. Um, politics, this was not giving to politics. It was specifically to charities. Um, what was the other rule? Oh, the other rule was sometimes I was allowed to be secretary. <laughs> so they were in their way helping you with this journey as well, even if Absolutely. they didn't mean to you know, have a a little activist on their hands. They were doing their part. And then I have to say at Brandeis was was the next step in my learning um, where we had a sit-in. It was my first. Um, And it was a really powerful experience putting myself on the line, um, knowing that at some point I'd get a phone call from my mother where she said, is this why I sent you to college? <laughs> um, but it was really powerful. How did you get involved with that? Um, it was two things. I had a, a boyfriend at the time who was um, an activist 
and a professor whom I adored, who was also an activist. I had a number of professors there who got us to go to marches and protests and and it was amazing. You know, this was a school that's based on the idea of truth unto its innermost parts. And they sort of flung me into the world of not so much I can make a difference, but I can be part of something that will make a difference. Right. Um, then, then I was in New York, very, very broke. And the only thing I could do was stuff like get arrested at protests. <laughs> How many times have you been arrested? Three times. Only three. Only three. <laughs> Do you care to share what the reasons were? Well, you know, the last one, which is actually the, the one that was the most um, fascinating for me, was um, for when Jane Fonda was doing Fire Drill Friday in D.C., um, which started with a rally and then was a march, and then everybody went into... Um, the building and then everybody sat down and the police gave you three warnings and a lot of people didn't want to be arrested. Will you but, share with the audience what Fire Drill Fridays were? Oh, I'm sorry. This is all about um, climate change. This is all about climate change. She is, as you all know, um, a fireball <laughs> when it comes to everything, but specifically right now, she's focusing on climate change. So this was all about climate change and the Green New Deal, which is something that has so many elements besides just, you know, no fracking, but also um, climate equality. And the thing about this time getting arrested is 12 writers from Grace and Frankie came with none of whom had ever been arrested before. But I have to say, if you're going to get arrested, get arrested with a bunch of comedy writers. Yes. Because, <laughs> you know. You will be entertained. <laughs> you will be entertained. But but that, that aside, um, again, it's this feeling of, I am putting myself on the line with a group of people, with a group of people, and we together, can do something, you know, if it takes Powerful. week after week or and month after month, or, you know, with the day we were there, there were 51 of us who got arrested. It was a big group. It was a big group. Rough day for the cops, huh? <laughs> and, you know, if you believe in something, there are a number of things you can do. You can always donate money. You can always donate time. And then you can put yourself on the line. You can really put yourself out there on the line and say, I believe in this so strongly. There was a woman I got arrested with once um, in New York. And there was a very young Italian police officer. And she was in line. And this was about Soviet Jewry at the time, about the Refuseniks. And he saw the numbers tattooed on her arm. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm telling the story so poorly. She, he said, why are you doing this? And she showed him the numbers and she said, 
I didn't know when I was there if anybody was fighting for me. I'm going to scream so loud that they'll be able to hear me. You're giving me chills over here. Yeah. And, you know, that's, look, when, when we go to protests about the Dobbs decision, part of what we're doing is screaming so loud so that women in abortion hostile states will hear we're trying, we're going to do something, we're going to make change, we're going to do everything we can to protect your body and your rights. You are just a powerhouse and you you bring a lot with you. And I'm sitting here in awe of what you do and the people that you are reaching and the people that you're working with and the things that you're doing. You don't have one specific cause. You do so many things. So I am curious, how do you choose when and where to get involved? Well, um, it actually, there are two arenas. One of them is creatively. When and where do you choose to get involved? And what are the topics that you want to tell stories about? And how do you tell those stories without it sounding like we're preaching to you? So that is one way as a writer, I can get involved. In terms of how I choose, there are several areas. One of them is um, political candidates. I believe that we need a majority. I believe that we have to have Democratic candidates in there. I believe we have to have a Democratic, whatever, you know, for all the reasons. Um, I can do something in that arena. I am fortunate enough to be able to write those checks. And I got to say, I feel really good about doing that because I can. I can. And, you know, I tell my kids that too. Give what you can. You know, you don't have to give the ter- the limit of 2900 You can right. give... or $2.90, you know, just. Because it all adds up. Yeah. And, and have your voice be heard, have your voice be heard. So that's another way. Um, And I'm going to say something that might be, well, I'm going to wait for the controversial one for the end. Um, (laughs) Because you know, to leave, Listeners with a hook, right? That's right. <laughs> um, I believe I, I very strongly am involved in women's causes, um, the arts. Um, those are big areas for me that I focus. There are other places I give, but these are my focuses. But the controversial one is I believe in good institutions. I believe that when an institution is good and fosters independent thinking and encourages moral outrage and gets people to step up and make change in the world, I believe my money is well spent in those places. And I call it exponential giving. You give to a place and then that place and those professors give to a student who then goes out into the world and does something wonderful. Um, 
So I'm a big believer in institutional giving. So that kind of brings us to that $4 million decision. You want to tell us about that? Yes. You know, the story is, I think, um, intrinsically connected to friends. And as everybody knows, you know, friends has been accused of not having enough people of color. Um, and, you know, I had my own reckoning and had to face that and go, oh my God, I bought into systemic racism. Yes, other TV shows only had white people, but hello, all the other shows only had white people. So I had bought into it. Now, let me be clear. I wouldn't have changed the six of them because they were the perfect people for those roles. But surrounding them, even extras, crew, I should have been more diligent about that. It's but really powerful not- for you to admit that, though, because there are some people who would put their, you know, they would just dig, dig their heels in and say, well, it was just different back then. And I don't hear that from you. I hear you saying, sure, it was, but I wish I were more aware. I wish I made a change that made it not that way. Right. And I'm going to go forward and do something. Now that I am aware, I'm going to make the change going forward. I'm not going to just, you know, sit back and let it be what it has been. But but let me say let me say two things. One thing is it doesn't for me take away from the things we did move forward on friends. And I I hope this doesn't take away from that. Um, But the other thing I wanted to say is I didn't give the money because of friends. I gave the money because of my own reckoning. It was because I saw a need. Friends enabled me to fill that need. And I felt that if the reckoning is authentic, um, that this would feel like, this would feel good. That it would feel good. And it does. It feels great. It feels great. It's a really exciting department. They now have an endowed chair, which they hadn't had before, which basically the head of the department is safe in perpetuity. So it's pretty cool. How did you decide what to do when you had your reckoning? There are lots of areas where you could have helped. And this is, I think this is a unique way that many wouldn't, you know, even think to try. How did you come to this decision? I understand, I understand your reason for doing it, but how did you even think of this? You know, I have been in communication with Brandeis for a long time. And they were looking for a way to me for me to do something. And I felt at the moment, well, if I'm going to do something, I don't want to right now do it for the white kids. Except that there are plenty of white kids whose minds will be expanded by 
that program. Um, so it was, you know, partly them coming to me going, what would you like to do? And me saying, I want to do something in this arena. And um, this opportunity came up. It's just all sounds fantastic. It sounds fantastic. And I think you're right that it's going to create ripples and it will go beyond the black community because it's not just black people taking these classes and, you know, taking part in these studies. And and I love, you know, that the, one of the professors I met with was talking about their, you know, African-American studies 101 class. And he said a lot of the white kids get uncomfortable. And what he says to them is good. Good. It means you're learning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Something is stirring. And And look. I don't want to come across as the white savior thing. I still have a lot of work to do. As we all, we all do. do. Yeah. As we all do. But I am acutely aware of it. And that is um, a huge step. Yeah. And it's, I don't feel like having given that money has pardoned me from that work. Yeah. Because it's not a reparation for things of the past. It's, well, Correct. what can I do going forward? It's, Correct. let's change that pattern and go forward doing better. Right. Exactly. So what are some of your other current advocacy projects? Um, well, I actually, after the, the um, most recent election, I'm taking a short breather. I'm involved with a number of different organizations that I'm on the board on that I give to. Um, and mainly I'm keeping my eye on um, right now, women's right to choose. Um, I started Thank you for that. talking to an organization which was called National Association of Pregnant Women, and now it's called Pregnancy Advocacy Project. But they basically defend women and find legal defense for women around the country who are everything from, you know, accused to of killing their stillborn babies because they used meth, which doesn't cross the placenta, by the way, um, or the women who are pregnant, had some THC in their system and were um, forcibly put into jail. And then they had to be evaluated. If they were considered addicts, they had to go to a treatment program, but most of these women weren't addicts. They smoked some pot. They shouldn't have, you know, whatever. Um, but then they were told they can't go into these programs because they're not addicts and were kept in jail. How is that helping them? It's keeping, it's help. It's not, it's helping their fetuses. From but how does it help their fetus to have their mother stressed out and in jail and not well, able to- According to them, life? they're keeping her for, from putting drugs in her system, according to them. So, you know, there's there's a lot of, lot of work to be done right now. 
you know, if the federal- So many projects, how do you manage to balance your time with your your duties as a producer, your duties as a writer with all of these different projects? Because it seems like you're you're pretty consistently involved with something. Maybe you've taken a break politically, but you're still involved with things. You know, I guess the the upside of working from home is that you don't have to drive to meetings, um, especially in LA. I make time. I make time. I, whenever possible, try to push meetings about these things either to the nights or the weekends um, or during my lunch break. Um, and I make time. It's it's a priority. You know, the world's kind of fucked up right now. This is a priority. I'm sorry. There's no censorship here. <laughs> um, we can't just let, we can't just sit back and watch. We can't sit back and watch as our freedoms are stripped away one by one, state by state, book by book. So yeah, you know what? You have to get mad. You have to get mad and you have to persist. It's a gift. Yeah, absolutely. You've listed a lot of different projects. What are the best ways that listeners can support these causes? You know, the first thing you need to do is pick the cause that means the most to you. And let's say, let's say it's abortion rights. The next thing to do is honestly to look online and say, where can I volunteer? If you want to volunteer in states where abortions are still legal, but, you know, people are still protesting and, and trying to prevent women from going into these places, um, or it might be making phone calls or it might be donating $25. And then organizing. When you see a need, get a group of people together, as my parents did, and organize. Do what Jane Fonda did. Organize, get a bunch of people to be willing to go to D.C. and get arrested. Well, is there anything else you would like to add to help inspire listeners to be more active in their activism? Yeah, get off your asses and do something. <laughs> it's, it feels good feels good to stand up for what you believe in. 100% agree with that. <laughs> well, thank you, Marta, for sharing your advocacy. Thank Meeting you. Meeting you and hearing your story the first time and then interviewing again for the, the Anti-Thought Ladies magazine, those two experiences influenced my decision to host Active Activism. Wow. Because you inspire me to do more. To Wow. I consider myself an author, actress, and activist. And there are times where I feel like, you know what? You're doing the first two. You need to kick it up a notch with the last one. And so this is That's part great. of my effort in that. That's great. I love that. I love that. Good for you. Thank you. And I hope that between us, we are creating ripples toward change. I hope so, too. And your listeners. Thank you very much for doing this. And I thank everyone for listening. This has been Active Activism, part of the Fem On Collective.